the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is 4 o'clock. Southern California Live on KKLA 99.5 FM. Bob Lapine sitting in this afternoon. We're talking about, uh, well, we're talking about life. We're talking about the issues that all of us have to deal with on a very practical level. And I imagine you've noticed this, that the last time you went to the grocery store when they said that'll be whatever the number was, you went, wait, what? Or you looked at the price of whatever, from from milk to ground beef to whatever, and you said, man, the prices are... Or you went to a restaurant, you opened the menu, and you went, wait, that used to cost a buck less than it costs now. So it's costing more. Inflation is up. The gas pump shows it. The grocery store shows it. Just about everything in life is showing us that it's it's getting more expensive to live. And for some of us, you're just coming through a year where there's been some financial challenges. Uh, layoffs. There, there may have been a, a period during the COVID season when uh, you weren't, you didn't have the income you needed and you had to either dip into reserves or borrow some money or get some help from some friends. You, you had to figure out a strategy to get through it. And now you're at a point where you're thinking, how do I, uh, how do I dig out of the hole I'm in or how do I start to, uh, to move forward with prices going up and who knows what's going to happen with taxes and there's just all of this going on. Well, that's what we want to talk about this hour. We want to talk about what you do to to get out of the, the the hole that you're in and start to move toward a, a better place financially. And uh, I, I know this is a reality for many of you. And you think I just it feels hopeless. You got the student debt issues that you're dealing with. Uh, there's there it it just feels oppressive. Here here's what we're gonna do. Art Rayner is gonna join us this hour. And for those of you who don't know Art, this is his, this is really a passion for him. Art is the vice president of advancement at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, but he's got a podcast that is called More Than Money. In fact, uh, episode 63 dropped today, and it's about five ways to start building wealth. This is just a very practical 30-minute podcast once a week where you can get coaching and help on issues of money and and finance. Art has written a book called More Than Money, or excuse me, The Money Challenge. The podcast is More Than Money. The book is called The Money Challenge, 30 Days of Discovering Discovering God's Design for Your for your money, for your finances. And I'm thrilled that he's able to join us and and we'll see if we can help you develop a strategy for tackling the things that you're dealing with with your finances right now. So Art, welcome. Good to have you on the show this afternoon. Bob, thank you so much for having me. It's good talking to you again. Well, and you as well. I I, I will tell you that you're my go-to guy on this subject because I really think <laughs> you have helped us develop here 
uh, a, a map that really anybody can follow. And, and anybody who's looking for, I need a quick turnaround, I need to fix this in 30 days, you're really saying, your book and your strategies, what you've laid out in the money challenge is really, a, it, it's a, a, a progressive strategy to help get people out of the challenges that they're facing today and get them where they're financially stable. And that may take some time and it may take some sacrifice, but everybody can do this, can't they? Yeah, well, Bob, first of all, I want to say thank you for, for saying that. Um, as uh, I, You are right. I am passionate about this area of personal finances, specifically helping people, first of all, discover God's design for, for, for money, because that God does have a plan. He does have a design for us and our relationship with money and how that all should work, and then also helping them pursue that, that design. And so that is certainly an area of passion for, for me, and you are absolutely right. Uh, first of all, people are struggling financially. Um, the pandemic left people in a, in, often in a very stressful uh, position. In fact, there are several uh, studies that were done in, in 2020 that revealed that Gallup, a Gallup poll said that 50% of Americans said that their financial situation was getting worse. 39% said that they were worried that they would not be able to pay rent, mortgage, or other housing costs. There was a study done by Charles Schwab in 2020 that said 7 out of 10 Americans said that they have cried about something financially related. And so you are, you're absolutely right. Many Americans right now are feeling stressed. They're watching the prices go up with uh, not just their daily purchases like milk and bread, but also uh, housing costs, car costs. All of those are, are escalating. Many people are thinking, like, I, I didn't have any margin before, so what am I supposed to do now? Now that things are going up and getting more costly for me. And, uh, and so that's where I point back to Scripture and say, hey, God has a plan for this. It's not an overnight fix, like you, like you said, but over time, we can get you in a financially healthy place. But I always make sure that I put the right lens on it, because according to Scripture— God has designed us not to be hoarders, meaning holding tightly to things, but to be generous through which to be, to be generous for the things that He has given us, for us to be conduits through which His generosity flows. And so we are getting financially healthy so that then we can live and give more generously as God has commanded us to do. And I want to encourage listeners today, because I know some of you need some specific help with specific issues related to your finances, either debt or uh, questions about investment or questions about money management. You are welcome to join us in this hour as we talk with Art Rayner. The number to call is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I've got plenty I can talk to you about, but I want to encourage listeners, if you're going through challenges right now, if you need some financial coaching, uh, give us a call and talk with Art about this. And and it is interesting because you start, as you coach couples, you start couples or individuals with this premise that generosity needs to be kind of the foundation. That's that's what uh, that that's what we build on is a desire to be generous. And a lot of people are going, well, yeah, I'd love to be generous, but I got this much in student loans. I got this much in car debt. I got this much going on. So it's going to be 15 years before I can even think about being generous. How do you respond to that? 
Yeah, well, um, first of all, let's see, you're absolutely right. We start with generosity. It's not a not an Art Rainer thing. This this actually comes from, from Scripture. The Bible uh, teaches us that we are to make giving a priority. That's Proverbs 3.9, that we are to give proportionally, meaning that uh, we give based on what God has, has given us. You see that in Malachi 3.10. The um, Bible also tells us that we are to give sacrificially, meaning that generosity isn't always going to be easy, that sometimes it's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. And you see that in 2 Samuel 24.24, where uh, David uh, was, uh, was offered everything that, uh, that he needed to be able to um, give a, uh, to, to give a sacrifice to God, the, the, the land, the, the animal, the, the altar, and he said, no, 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 I will not give to my God that which costs me nothing. Then, of course, the Bible also tells us that we are to be cheerful givers. It doesn't want a bunch of, bunch of grumpy givers. And so I want to be careful. It's not an art range thing. This really comes from the Scripture that our the foundation upon which real biblical financial health is founded is uh, – it's it's built on generosity. And so I do understand that some are thinking, well, there's no way that I can that I can give. Once again, my margin, the margin in my finances, that difference between my income and expenses is incredibly tight. Well, I point them to, to, to the widow and who gave two coins. And if you recall that, that story, Jesus and his disciples are in the, in the temple, and they're watching the rich dump you know, big money bags into the temple treasury. And Jesus looks at the widow and points to her. He said, do you all see her? She gave more than anyone else. And why did Jesus, why did Jesus point to her? Why did he say she gave more than anyone else? Numerically, she gave little. But sacrificially, she gave much. It's in God's economy. Amount sacrificed always supersedes amount given. God was much more concerned about what was still left at home than what she was putting into the into the offering plate. And so my encouragement is that one, don't worry about the amount. That's not what God is most concerned with. It is it is about the about the sacrifice, about what's left at home. And then just start somewhere. In fact, and you referenced the book, the, the Money Challenge that I wrote. In that book, I have something called the takeoff. And my encouragement is to set a goal to go from giving 1% of your gross income, that's before taxes, to 10% over a 12-month period of time. So the first month, I encourage you to give 1%. Just give 1% of your gross income. And inevitably, here's here's what happens when a person does that. First of all, they feel better about themselves. They feel good about giving. Why? Well, because they're starting to align themselves with God's design for, for their relationship with, with money. They're starting to align themselves with that. Whenever we do that, we're going to experience some contentment and satisfaction to come along with that. And then they also realize that it's not as difficult and it's not as painful as they, as they realize. And so they take that next step and the next step and the next step. And by the end of the year, many of them, in fact, actually, I would actually say before the end of the year, they're at that 10% mark. And so I would encourage them, first of all, look to the widow. Say, you know what, it's not about the number, but it's about the sacrifice. And then the second thing is start somewhere. Just start somewhere. And would you give that that advice to somebody who's saying, okay, I 
My minimum payment on my credit card right now is $238 a month, and that's with an, a 19% APR. And I'm trying to get this thing paid down as quickly as I can. If I start giving 1% and then 3% and then work it up to 10%, I'm just prolonging my pain with the credit card company. Well, here, here would be my, my encouragement for that person because there are many people in a very similar situation where they're realizing, you know what, yes, this credit card, it is a burden. Just like the Bible says, debt is a, is a burden. The interest rate stinks. I hate paying it. And it was a mistake. I should not have taken out that debt. I should not have swiped that credit card so many times. It was a mistake. My encouragement to that person is don't like one, let one mistake lead you to make another mistake. Because, once again, just going back to Scripture, and this is not an Art Rainer thing. We're just looking at the Bible here, giving us to be a priority. That means it is, means it is the first thing that we, that we do. We're to give our, our first fruit. And certainly... I understand the tension there. I, I empathize with that. I understand it. But don't let that one bad decision lead you to make another bad decision by withholding funds and not putting God first in your finances. We're talking with Art Rayner, who has a podcast called More Than Money. He's written a book called The Money Challenge that is a book that I commend uh, to all of you as you think about managing your money, because I think, Art, we've got a generation of young people growing up who were not well-trained and well-equipped by their parents or by the school or whoever was supposed to do it. They they didn't get money training, and as a result, they kind of fell into a consumeristic trap, and now they, they're in their 20s, and they're looking at life and going, I'm in deeper than I realized, and it's going to take me a long time to get out of this. And And I think your book gives us, again, a map to help them with that strategy. And once again, folks, you can join us at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557 if you have specific questions. Once you start the cycle of giving, then what should your next priority be if you're trying to dig out from under the pile financially? Yeah, that's a great question. So I lay out eight money milestones for individuals to, to follow. Now, these are just pretty much think of them as your, as your map or as your guardrails to help you answer that very question that you just had. What is the next step? What should I be going after? What is that next goal for, for me? Milestone number one is to start giving. That is, once again, the very first thing that, that, we are, that we're, we're going to do. Because the Bible tells us that's that's where we're supposed to start. Milestone number two is to set aside $1,500 for a minor emergency. So, look, you're going to get hit with some unexpected expenses, like expenses of flat tire will will happen. Refrigerator will suddenly uh, stop cooling. The microwave will stop microwaving. (laughs) There's going to be something that is going to happen. And what I don't want want you to do is to go back into debt or go into deeper debt because you did not have that $1,500 set aside. So it's not a lot of money, but it can cover a minor emergency. And so first step, first milestone, start giving. Second milestone is to save $1,500 for that that minor emergency. So that's the next step that I would encourage individuals to take. And, that, and let's talk about what, what constitutes a minor emergency, because some people will go, 
Oh, my wife's birthday is coming up, so that's a minor emergency. I better dip into that fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> to get her present. And I can I can steal that. Um, I, <laughs> I know where they're coming from. And in 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 some sense, yes, it could be a minor emergency <laughs> if they if they forget um, a present for uh, for their anniversary or for for a birthday. But hopefully, uh, hopefully, both couples are. Or both individuals, that the couple is on the same page, right? Hopefully, this is something that they're pursuing together. And I talk about that. I wrote a book called the called the Marriage Challenge, and um, it is essential that couples are pursuing oneness in their in their marriage. They're pursuing oneness with their as they as, as they raise kids, so with their parenting strategy, uh, they pursue oneness in their finances. They need to be on the same page. And so hopefully before that birthday hits, they both know that, hey, we're going after this $1,500. This is what we're, we're chasing. Now, this doesn't mean that there's never a time for uh, date nights or, or using money for other fun purposes. But if you don't have $1,500 set aside, which statistically speaking, there's a, a pretty good chunk of our nation that, that do not, I would actually strongly encourage you to make that your first goal, even if it means that you have to postpone purchasing a birthday gift or an anniversary gift for your, your your spouse. So is it an emergency? I guess in a sense you could say, depending on how the relationship's going, but um, it's not necessarily what I would classify as a financial emergency. Once again, hopefully you're on the same page, pursuing oneness together, doing this together, and so um, it's not that big of a deal. And maybe you can look at each other and say the gift we're giving each other for birthdays and anniversaries is the development of this fund. So let us get our $1,500 emergency fund. Okay, so giving and then the emergency fund, $1,500. What's the third milestone? Milestone number three is to max out your 401k or 403b match. So 401k if you're in a for-profit company, 403b if you work for for a non-profit company. So if your company offers a contribution match. You need to take that. If you're not familiar with what a company match is, uh, the, a company will uh, contribute a certain amount, say uh, 3%, up to 3% of the amount that you contribute to your 401k or 403b, whatever retirement plan that you that you have. Now, some will refer to this as, as free money. Um, I actually refer to it as earned money because this is actually part of your compensation package. So this is part of, part of what you get for working your job, for doing your, your, your job. And so if your company has that match, go ahead and take it. You're not going to get a better return on your money than that company match. You're not going to even, even paying off debt. It, obviously, you get an immediate return because you're not paying that interest rate. There's no um, credit card that will give you the type of return that you will get on a, on a company match. Nobody's so matching you dollar for dollar at credit card companies. Yeah, there's no 100% return. That's right. And not only that, you're able to take advantage of compounding, which is making money on top of money and so on, on top of the money that you that you earn. So certainly take advantage of that of that company match if it's offered to you. 
Now, I know there are people hearing us talk about this, and, and they're, they're going, okay, giving and then $1,500 emergency fund, and now we're talking about retirement, and I'm still staring down credit card debt and student loans and wondering how I'm going to pay for stuff that's coming up next month and how I'm going to pay this bill. It just sounds almost pie in the sky, but, but here's what I want to tell you, folks. If, if you follow the strategy we're talking about here and and implement a little discipline and do some of these basics, it is the path out. It may take you a little longer. You may have to you may have to gut it out a little longer, but it will get you to the place you need to go. Art Rayner is joining us. He's the host of the More Than Money podcast. Has written a book called The Money Challenge, and we're going to keep working through the milestones. And again, if you've got questions or want to join us, the number is eight 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 fifty two talks eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. We'll be back with more with Art Rayner right after this. Southern California Live. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about your money. We're talking about the cost of living, which uh, is going up. We're talking about financial pressures and financial challenges and how we deal with that. I remember I could take you to the intersection where we were stopped at the stoplight in the minivan that had about 90,000 miles on it. And I had the kids in the back seat and the car, the, the, the light went green and I, I, pressed the accelerator and I heard the the chunk ka chunk that happens when the transmission is not transmitting the way it's supposed to the gears aren't meshing and I thought I hope this is nothing big and turned out it was it was big it was transmission big it was a new transmission needed for the minivan and with 90,000 miles you go okay do you get the new transmission and drive this longer is now the time and do I have them? I, I re, here's what I remember thinking. I remember thinking, this was not how I was planning on spending your money, God, on a new transmission. But I guess that's what you wanted me to spend money on, was a new transmission. And I was a little grumpy about it because it wasn't what I had in mind for that money at that point in our life and marriage. We've got Art Rayner joining us this afternoon to talk about how we deal with the financial pressures that come at us, the world we're living in, how we develop a strategy, a plan to get from where we are to to a place of financial health. Uh, Art has a podcast called More Than Money, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. He's got a book called The Money Challenge, another book on marriage and money that uh, I would commend both of them to you. And we're talking about milestones. So if, if step one in, in your path to financial health is to develop a a practice of generosity. We've talked about that and what that looks like when you're financially strapped. And then how do you develop an emergency fund? And then from there, how do you take advantage of your 401k or your 403b and maximize your employer's uh, investment in that? If, If we've done all of that art, then what's the next step for us? Well, now we're going back to that 19% credit card that you mentioned earlier. So we're going to start trying to tackle debt. And obviously this causes debt causes a lot of financial stress uh, in individuals' lives. And so in milestone number four, we're going to pay off all the debt except for the mortgage. Now, when you hear about debt, sometimes it's almost positioned as a 
as a sin. Um, and, and in some circles, you may even hear that, that debt is, is, a, is a sin. I want to make sure that we're clear on our understanding of debt and what Scripture says about debt before we talk about how to tackle this, this burden. So what Scripture says is that, number one, you have to be cautious when, when going into debt. As Proverbs 22, 26-27, where it says, Don't be one of those who enter into agreements, who put up security for a loan, you have nothing with which to pay, even your bed will be taken from under you. So just to put it plainly, you need to be careful. It, you, just an unforeseen financial event, which many have, have experienced, we all experience that actually, can put you in a really bad position if you have significant debt. And so debt is not something that you should jump into care, carelessly. You need to be cautious about going into debt. And that in and of itself is novel for, for some people. I can't tell you how many, how many recent college graduates that I've talked to that have significant student loan debt that said, you know, if I would have known, if somebody would have told me about debt, I would have been much more cautious about how I went about getting debt, how much debt that I took out. So first thing Scripture says is be cautious about going into debt. The second thing that Scripture says is that if you do go into debt, you're going to be burdened. And this is where Proverbs 22.7, the the well-known verse about debt, comes up, the rich rule over the poor. And the borrower is a slave to a lender. And anybody who's had debt can can relate to that. You know, you have that debt payment bill that arrives in the, the mail, and certainly you want to do something else with it. You know, you want to, to go out to dinner. You want to uh, maybe put it toward a vacation or uh, put it toward a, a new minivan. Um, but you can't. Why? Because it has to go to, to the lender. You're a, a slave to to them. And so we experience that, that burden, that being a slave to the to the lender whenever we take out debt. And then finally scripture says that if you do take on debt, even though you hate it, which all of us do, you still have to pay your bills. Um, once again, going back to Proverbs twenty two, twenty seven, where it says, even your bed will be taken from you from you. There are real ramifications for not paying your your bills. And then Psalms 37:21 says something that's pretty powerful. It says, "The wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous one is gracious and given, giving." That word "wicked," of course, is not a word that any of us want attached to our, to ourselves. Now, I could argue that uh, what that scripture is referring to is intentional uh, non-payment, um, but needless to say, scripture says that the wicked borrow and do not repay. So that's what scripture actually says about about debt. Now, the question is, how are we going to attack debt? There's a there's different types of plans, different methods for, for paying off debt. The one that I advocate the most is probably if you've looked up any type of debt payoff plan, you run across it. It's called the debt snowball method. Now, if you're not familiar with it, here's how it works. You take all the debt except for your mortgage, Kind of lay them out. Order them from lowest balance to greatest balance. So from lowest balance to greatest balance. And then you target that lowest balance debt first. Now, you're going to make all of your other minimum payments, um, so you're not going to go default on any of the other ones. But any additional money that you have, you're going to put it toward that lowest balance balance 
uh, debt first. And according to research, this payoff method, this payoff plan actually works better than any other plan, even if um, some will say that you need to you need to order them according to interest rates. And I understand that mathematically speaking, if you um, use the same time period, you do save a little bit of money going going that way. I'm not. That's how you want to pay off debt. I'm I'm all for for you doing that. If that's the way that motivates you, then I'm all for that. But what research has shown is that, that debt snowball method is actually the most effective way to to pay off debt. In fact, they did an article in Harvard Business Review about this method and say this is the best way to pay off debt. It brings clarity. So it provides you certainly with a very easy-to-understand plan. It helps individuals focus on specific debts, which increases motivation and, and effort. And then, according to their research, small wins work. So you mm. pay off that first credit card debt that may be $300. And all of a sudden, you get fired up because, hey, you knocked one out. You knocked out one of those burdens that have been, been hanging over you. And now you're excited to take not only that minimum payment that you were paying, but everything else that you were putting toward that that smaller debt and go to the next smallest debt, which maybe is a $1,000, $1,000 credit card. And so it starts snowballing, not not just the motivation, but also the payment starts snowballing because you can put more and more toward uh, each debt as it gets uh, gets paid off or to the next debt or to when, it, when, you, when you pay it off. And so um, that's what I recommend. We're going to pay off all that debt using the snowball method. Once again, if you choose another plan, that's fine. I'm all for it. Just make sure you get that debt knocked out. So let me ask you about uh, the the wisdom of debt consolidation loans. You know, you get something from the credit card, transfer everything over here, six months, no interest. Is that a good strategy or does that not work long term for people? Uh, personally, I am not a big fan of, of that strategy. And, and here's why. Uh, first of all, if you miss a payment, then you you end up being in a worse situation because the interest rate usually with those type of deals for those who miss payments is astronomical. Mm-hmm. And you take maybe some lower rates and you lump it in there, and suddenly that lower rate becomes a, a greater rate unless you start having fees and penalties. And, and so usually if you miss a payment, it ends up becoming significantly more expensive. Additionally, I think that it's just good to go ahead and start not knocking them out and not try to find another way to get around it and uh, take out another n- another credit card that you just need to start attacking it for with how it is with, with, with what it is. And there's are, are there some situations maybe, maybe student loan debt um, that where it makes sense to consolidate it it can um, but in general with these credit card offers that are that are out there. I'm just not a big fan of them because what I've seen is that once again, miss a payment, make a mistake, and you are punished. You're punished severely for it. And let me ask you about student loan debt because a lot of people are looking at the current environment and going, you know, I think it could be that uh, all of this stuff gets wiped away in in a couple of years. Maybe I should just kind of trickle that one along and ignore it for a while. What do you think? Well, that conversation has been going on for a really long time, so I'll, I'll start there. Uh, this conversation about paying off a student loan debt is not new. It's been going on for, for a while. Obviously, it has not happened, 
And so my encouragement would be to go ahead and face your current reality. So attack the debt, attack what's right in front of you. Take care of um, your, your debt. If the government pays it off, then then great. You don't have to you don't have to, to worry about it. But as of right now, this is your the reality that you have. I try to attack it. Go ahead and pay it off. Don't assume that the government is going to to pay it off because what we've seen is that yes, the conversation has been out there, but nothing significant has has happened yet. We're talking with Art Rayner about how we build a map from where we are to where we can get to some financial health, dealing with debt, dealing with with uh, savings and with retirement. We're we're mapping out the milestones, and we're going to continue to do that. But we've got to take a quick break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Southern California Live on a Wednesday afternoon. I'm Bob Lapine on KKLA. We're talking about how you get from where you are to a better place financially. Art Rayner is here helping us with that. Art hosts a podcast called More Than Money, which you can find and listen to. It's 30 minutes long once a week, and it's it's great financial coaching for you. He's written a book called The Money Challenge that maps out for us a strategy for how we build financial health into our lives and into our marriages and families. And I remember as a young husband, a young dad, sitting down and, and putting, trying to put a budget together, and I could never make it work on paper. Here's how much money's coming in, trying to put, okay, $10 a month set aside for this and 20 set aside for that. I, I just could never find a way to figure out how to make that work. I remember looking when we had five kids who were – 13 and under and I'm thinking how do how do you ever pay for what's it for college for kids how do you help them with that and I'm just here to say in faithfulness God meets you and and some of the things you're sweating about today uh, you're going to be amazed at how God is faithful to care for those who walk obediently walk wisely who try who are 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 wise about how they handle their money. It's just we've we've seen it happen with our with with us with other couples we know, and we're we're mapping out a strategy that helps you get there. If you're if you're behind the eight ball, art art has said you start with a strategy for giving, and then you develop a a, a fund for emergencies. You take care of your four hundred one three or your your. Uh, uh, excuse me, your 401k or your uh, 403b, your retirement, if you've got employee matching on that. And then you deal with your debt. And uh, what's next after that, Art? Well, first of all, uh, congratulations on completing a budget. <laughs> there are many that don't do that. So that's great that you're doing that. I had a friend uh, who recently, uh, I was having lunch with him and we were, we were talking about finances, and he he, he recently said, um, "Art, you know, I think that a budget is probably one of the most powerful stewardship tools that that's out there." And I think that uh, that he was he was exactly right. You know, oftentimes we look at think about budgets as as boring and, and tedious, and I get where that that comes from, but it really is an amazing tool 
to use in order to, to better steward the resources that God has given us. When I say steward, if you're not familiar with what that word is, it just means to manage, to, uh, to, to take care of the resources that, that God has he's entrusted you with. And so um, congratulations to you for, completing, <laughs> for doing your budget, and I would encourage others out there to, uh, to do the same. So we paid off our debt. That's milestone number, number four. If you've completed that milestone, congratulations. That's a massive, massive step. Statistically speaking, you are in the minority for, uh, for Americans. Milestone number five is to save three to six months of living expenses for a job loss level emergency. This is better known as your emergency fund. And if the 2020 pandemic has taught us anything, I actually wrote an article for Entrepreneur Magazine about this, it taught us that we needed an emergency fund because we don't know what will happen. Uh, we don't know if a major medical emergency will, 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 will hit. We don't know if a pandemic will hit, and now all of a sudden jobs are being lost left and, and, and right. We don't know what will happen. So you need to set aside three to six months of living expenses. Now that means what you would need to make sure that you can get by for three to six months. Now, often I get asked, is it, so is it three, is it six? I mean, that can, that can be a, there's can be a significant difference between those, those numbers. And so my encouragement is that for, for those who are financially responsible for others, say that you have uh, kids, maybe you're also taking care of a, of a parent, um, lean more toward that six month end of the, uh, end of the, the spectrum there. If you are only taking care of yourself, if you're single, and maybe you're taking care of a dog or a cat, then you can lean more toward the, the three-month end. And the reason why I say that is because for those that are financially responsible for, for others that have kids that may be taking care of a, of, of a parent, you just have less flexibility, and you may need more time to make some significant adjustments in your, in, in your life. For those that are, that are single, they're going to be able to pivot a little more, a little more easily than those uh, with families that they're trying to to take care of. So make sure that you have your emergency fund. Once again, so, I recommend three to six months of living expenses uh, in that fund. And where am I putting my three to six months? If 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 I'm setting aside, I don't know, seventy five hundred, ten grand, fifteen grand, something like that, is that in a savings account at the bank? Yeah, Bob, that is a that is a great question, and you are correct. You want to put that in a in a savings account. This is not money that you are trying to invest. You don't want to put it in Bitcoin. You don't want to put it in a in a mutual fund. Um, this is money that you need to be there when you need it. You need that that money. You don't need it. Uh, you don't need to have the market tank, and then, then all of a sudden you need the money, and now you don't. Uh, have as much money as you did did before. Uh, you need this money in cash in some type of account, preferably a preferably a savings account, where you can easily access those those dollars. All right. So I'm I'm working to build this this emergency fund so that if things go south, I've got something I can lean into. Let's say I'm let's say I'm there. So if if I'm at a point where I've got my fifteen hundred dollar emergency fund, I've paid off my debt. I'm giving regularly. I'm investing in my four hundred one k, and now I've got 
we'll say we'll say it's ten grand that I've set aside for that that the emergency. First of all, I'm in pretty great shape compared to most of my peers. If I'm right at that point, right? No, without question. At this point, I'm giving you a high five. Yeah, uh, because you are you're you're doing really well. Uh, you're starting to put yourself in a very financially healthy position in a and more importantly in a biblically financially healthy position because you have that giving piece that generosity piece that uh, that that has established um, all of this and so um, you are you're certainly uh, better off than the vast majority of, of Americans but we're not done what's the next milestone we're not we're not done yet so I mentioned in milestone uh, three that you're going to Make sure that you're getting your company match. But that's all that you're going to do for milestone number three. Once you max out that match, you stop with your retirement savings. Milestone number six is to make sure that you're putting 15% of your gross income into retirement. Once again, gross means before taxes. So you're putting 15% of your gross income toward retirement. Now, why 15%? Well, once again, this is not an art rainer uh, number. This one actually comes from the Boston College Center for Retirement Research, where they did a massive study that looked at Americans and said that for most Americans, they need to set aside 15% of their gross income into retirement to be set up for their retirement years. Now, this doesn't mean that um, you, um, if you, if you're getting close to retirement, that you that you don't put in more because you actually may need to put in more depending on how close you are to retirement. But for most Americans, just a good rule of thumb is is 15% of your of your gross income. So you'll hear that number a lot from uh, from financial advisors, um, other financial authors, others that have podcasts. That's where that 15% number came from. It came from a massive research uh, project that was done at uh, Boston College. And this might be money that you are putting into an index fund, uh, some kind of a, an investment portfolio, right? Yes, great point, Bob. This is not going into your savings account. These are going into your retirement account. So your 401k, your 403b, maybe you have a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. You're putting these dollars into an account where it is invested in something like a S&P 500 index fund, something that mirrors the stock market. Um, that's where you're putting this fund. So you're putting them in a in an investment that is appropriate for for you. And I say appropriate, I mean it's the right type of risk that you're you're, you're willing to willing to take, and uh, you feel good about that um, that particular investment. Okay, we got we got 60 seconds. So all you can do is name the last two milestones. What are they? Perfect. Well. Milestone number seven is to save for college or pay off your, your mortgage. You want to say save for college? If you have kids, start um, have a, a 529 plan for, for them. So you're saving for, 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 for college. Or if you uh, want, you can start trying to knock off or not knock out that, uh, that, that mortgage there. Milestone number eight is to live generously. Hmm. So we're back to where we started. You are right. You are in a, you're in a financially healthy spot. So now you're able to live and give more, more generously and uh, pursue some other things that you feel like God has called you to pursue. 
Yeah, and and folks, I hope this has been helpful. Art's book maps all of this out for you. The book is called The Money Challenge. Get a copy of it. Uh, his podcast, More Than Money, is available. Art, thanks for joining us this afternoon. This has been great. It's been fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and we'll see you back tomorrow here on Southern California Live. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.